0: Welcome to this podcast called A Love Bank Love Story. My name is Angelica and I'm a relationship coach. And today I would like to introduce you to a concept which helps us to understand better what is happening in our relationships, especially in our intimate relationships. So here's a scene from one of my sessions as a relationship coach. The couple in front of me, is facing each other he looks into her eyes and says sincerely I am so sorry I really screwed up you must have felt so hurt unimportant and excluded he waits for her to nod and then he continues I am really sorry that I didn't stand up and speak up to my family when they did this I should have made it clear to them that you are my partner and that you come first. Can you forgive me? She nods again, this time with tears in her eyes. So he takes one of her hands and continues. Let's talk about how we can do this better next time. Let me share what was going on for me and let's figure out how we can show up as a team. So what is happening in this moment in their session with me? Obviously, we've done some pre-work for this conversation to unfold this way. But now, at the end of the session, he is clearly making amends for a regrettable incident. He delivers, A, a sincere apology. He, B, takes responsibility for his part in an event. C, he empathizes with the feelings she had in the situation and D he also indicates that as a team they can figure out how to do better next time when they are in a similar situation. They both feel safe and connected in that moment. He shows with his tone and words that he cares about her and on the other hand she gracefully accepts his apology and allows his words to touch her. They both leave the session feeling more loved than when they came in. Now, Willard Harley would say that this male client of mine has just made a deposit into his account in his partner's love bank. He's made a deposit into her love bank. And figuratively speaking, everyone has a love bank. It contains many different accounts, one from each person we know and are in a relationship with. And each person makes either deposits or withdrawals whenever we interact with him or her. And some of those accounts have a high balance, others are at zero, or others are even in the minus. And, of course, we also have accounts in other people's love banks. We have an account in our partner's love bank, and in every other persons who we have a relationship with. And the same rules apply to those accounts. We either make deposits into our account in their love bank or we withdraw love units. Most of the time, we withdraw without even being aware of it. When somebody is associated with our good feelings, love units are deposited into their accounts and when they are associated with painful experiences, Or hurtful experiences, which of course create unpleasant feelings, love units are withdrawn. Now, here's the important part. The more painful the experiences are, the more likely it is that our nervous system responds to those people by triggering our natural fight, flight, or freeze response. That means we feel defensive around them, that would be fight. We want to run away, that would be flight. Or we might feel paralyzed in their presence. That's that instinctual response to play dead, to freeze. And we're emotionally attracted to people with positive balances. And we tend to avoid those people with negative balances. And this is the way nature encourages us to be with people who treat us well and seem safe. And to avoid those people who could potentially hurt us. Obviously, the love bank is not a mathematically accurate concept, but it's a concept to remind us that we all affect each other emotionally and that we trigger each other's parasympathetic system into fight or flight. The emotional reactions we have toward people, whether that's that we're attracted to them or we have a fight, flight, or freeze response, those emotional reactions are not really a matter of choice. And that's because our brain consists of three parts. The evolutionary oldest part is our reptilian brain. That's our instinctual brain. Our limbic brain is responsible for our emotions and feelings. And then finally, our neocortex is our rational brain or thinking brain. And the primitive part of our brain, also known as the reptilian brain, reacts much faster than our more advanced parts of the brain are able to respond, and it instinctively registers safety or danger. It associates people with either being safe for us or being a threat. So simply put, we feel comfortable and safe with those people who have positive balances in our love bank, and we dislike and avoid those with negative balances. And it's important to know that... After the honeymoon period is over, relationship partners also trigger danger cues in each other, especially when stress and conflicts occur. And how the couple deals with these triggers determines the longevity of a relationship. But how does a relationship start out? Of course, a love relationship begins with the emotional account continuing to go up and up and reaching a certain high point. And when that happens, a special emotional reaction is triggered. We call that love. And if the other person happens to be from the gender that we're sexually attracted to, we might feel romantic love. We no longer simply like the person we love him or her. So let me tell you a love bank love story to illustrate this idea further. Let's take Deborah and Robert. We will look at this concept from Deborah's perspective, but the same applies from Robert's point of view. So Deb and Rob meet at the birthday party of a mutual friend. Rob is funny. He's a good listener. He asks Deborah interested questions. And before they even go out on their first date, Rob already deposits Love Bank units. Let's say 15. And thus his Love Bank account in Deb's heart begins to grow he asks her for her phone number and two days later he calls her to ask her out for sushi he deposits another 10 units for calling in a timely manner and for remembering that she likes sushi on the first date they have a fabulous time so 20 more units are added to the love bank account a second date is almost as good and that brings him another 15 units Excuse me. Then Deb doesn't hear from Rob for a while. He doesn't let her know that he's just busy with a project at work, but that he still thinks about her a lot. And Deb, who doesn't know this, is starting to wonder if he's really interested. And he loses 15 units. However, that time passes and they date regularly and often. Deb has an opportunity to let Rob know that she appreciates open communication. So, for example, when he's busy with work, to let her know. And he listens, he understands, and he does his best to change. And by behaving that way, he deposits 20 units into the love bank. Robert, in general, tends to close up when he feels emotional. And whenever he's pulling away from Deborah, he loses units. But overall, his balance rises. And then when he meets Deb's five-year-old daughter, Lily, and turns out to be great with children, he wins 100 love units. That's a big one for mothers, isn't it? So after six months of dating, Rob's balance in her bank stands at 1,000 love units. He has continuously deposited more units than withdrawn. And at this point, Deb associates Rob with many positive experiences and only a few negative ones. And as they continue dating, not just Deb, but also her daughter Lily become more and more attached to Robert. And guess what happens? That scares him. And some of his friends have asked him if he's sure he wants to take on somebody else's child, that sort of thing. And he suddenly experiences doubts. He tells Deborah that he needs some space to think and he suggests to put their dating on hold for a bit. How do you think Deb feels? At this point, she feels discouraged and disappointed. And 30 units come out of Rob's account after that talk. And during the next month, when they don't see each other, they don't talk. Units continuously come out of Rob's account as Deb spends the month feeling upset, disappointed and vulnerable. Her nervous system is on high alert, warning her that it might not be safe to be in love with Rob. In total, there's a debit of 200 units. History is also triggered for Deborah because Lily's father left her when Lily was a baby. So her system is really on alert here and perceiving danger. When Rob finally calls Deb again to let her know he wants to fully commit to her and her daughter, his balance is at 800 units. But because he's fully committing, he has two feet in, this balance quickly rises over the next few weeks because Deb feels safe again. They spend more time together, and Rob is very affectionate with Deb's daughter Lily. And another six months down the road, Rob's account is at 1500 units. And that's an all time high for any guy Deborah was ever in a relationship with. She is deeply in love with Rob. And when he proposes marriage, she accepts without hesitation. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first year of their marriage is extremely happy and smooth. Rob is patient with Lily. He and Deb get enough romantic time alone when the grandparents babysit. His job goes well, all is fine. And Rob and Deb automatically fill each other's fulfill each other's needs. Those are needs for affection, intimate conversations, fulfilling sexual encounters and support with Lily. So the love bank accounts for both of them keep rising. In their second year of marriage, stress enters into the relationship. Lily's father shows up on the scene and wants to be involved with his little daughter. Deborah's mum has breast cancer and Deborah needs to look after her. Rob's boss at work changes and the boss seems to have the new boss seems to have it out for Rob. And eventually Rob loses his job, and Deborah is now supporting both of them. How do you think Deb feels now? She feels overwhelmed and unappreciated. On the other side, Rob's confidence is shattered through losing his job and not being able to find a new one right away. He is irritated and depressed and when he's angry, he triggers Deb's flight response and when she is worried, she triggers feelings of guilt in Rob and his fight response. He unfortunately also stops interacting with Lily or initiating intimate conversations or romantic time with Deb to make up for those moments of high arousal of the nervous system so his emotional account continuously drops with each day because they now have more stressful encounters that trigger each other's protective parts into fight or flight. <coughs> so Deb really misses for intimate conversations and the practical support. And at work, she has a colleague named Peter, and Peter helps her with her workload by offering to take on some of her tasks And he's also sympathetic as Deb shares about her mother's breast cancer and her fear of losing her. His own mother passed away from cancer, and he is a patient and supportive listener. He really understands. Peter begins to check in with Deb every day to see how she's doing, how she's feeling. They start going out for lunch. Deb realizes that she's able to cry with Peter and to share How hard it is to be in a relationship with somebody who is depressed. And as much as this need of debt to share is understandable, it's not a good idea. Why not? Well, think of our love banks. Instead of Rob depositing love units in Deborah's bank, Peter is now the one depositing love units with each kind and thoughtful act. Dab starts to wonder if she and Rob are just not a good match. Peter, on the other hand, seems to understand her so well. So she becomes more and more emotionally attached to Peter and their daily lunches. Peter becomes the one she confides in. He becomes the one she thinks about during the day. She finds herself in an emotional affair with Peter which might lead into a physical one down the road if the love bank accounts become more unbalanced in favor of Peter. Now, thankfully, Deb has a friend who has saved her own marriage by getting help from a professional, and she warns Deb. And she suggests to Deb to do the same. So in the sessions with their couples coach, Deb and Rob learn the concept of a love bank, They learn how they set each other's fight-flight responses off. They learn how to communicate uncomfortable emotions and how to address each other's needs. Deb stops seeing Peter for lunch to give her marriage a real chance. And as Rob learns to open up again, she's able to give him the encouragement he needs. And in return, Rob learns to acknowledge Deb's contribution to listen to her feelings and to help fulfill her needs. Their love bank accounts grow again, slowly over time, but they grow. And they turn their marriage back into a strong, fulfilling and supportive relationship, both being aware of the deposits and withdrawals we're all making each day. So are you curious about the state of your love bank accounts? Couples coaching can be extremely helpful for a relationship. You're giving yourself the chance to learn new skills to deal with stress and conflicts. You will also be asked to practice between the sessions to incorporate the new learning. It's unavoidable that we trigger each other's fight, flight or freeze responses in conflicts, but we can learn to keep each other feeling as safe as possible by balancing out those painful, hurtful moments and those withdrawals with moments of love and safety. So if you're interested in either couples coaching or individual sessions, contact me. Uh, We can work on your own triggers and patterns in individual sessions, or you can bring your partner in and we can work on your interactions with each other. Again, my name is Angelica. My phone number is 905-286-9466. Or you can email me to greendoorrelaxation at yahoo.ca. You will also find further information on my website, which is greendoorrelaxation.net. Have a wonderful day.